Hello and welcome. Welcome back to the Sensible Skip podcast. Um, I know it's been a couple days. I was just kind of playing around with my AirPods uh, on the first audio segment. Probably didn't have the best quality, but today is a new day because via the beautiful people at Amazon, I found myself a nice shiny microphone to sit here on my computer and in my basement and try to be somewhat official. Uh, which is super, super cool. So um, today what I'd like to do is I have myself a list. I know a lot of people, NFL season's rolling around. Um, a lot of people want to do top 10 list. There was the top 100 players list, which is you know, kind of hilarious that a certain Dallas Cowboy was let off that list. And there's a certain analyst on FS1 that was very upset about that. Uh, more humorous than anything. Uh, but I digress. Uh, there's lists out there left and right. There's top 100 lists. There's always your, your top tier quarterbacks list, um, which I do not believe Tom Brady is a tier one quarterback anymore, but that is a conversation for another day. Um, I'm going to do a list today. And today my list is going to be top 10 sports personalities that I find to be absolutely annoying that I find some issue with that whenever I hear their voice or see their face on TV makes me cringe in some way. And I'll elaborate on each one. Um, There's going to be a couple that are allowed off the list. I know that when people make certain lists like this, this this isn't the first top 10 list of this caliber or of this um, category, I should say. Uh, I'm not sitting here saying I'm a, a trailblazer when it comes to that, but my own list is a little bit different than a lot of people's lists. Uh, The person that I have at number one, probably when you hear that I have him at number one, he's fresh on the scene of idiocy. If that's the word that I'm looking for, he is somebody that just got on the scene of the sports talk scene. He's all over shows in the morning uh, making stupid statements. So, um, but yeah, there's going to be a couple of people that I leave off the list and feel free to leave some comments, uh, via Twitter, Facebook, whatever you need to do. Um, let me know. I'd love to debate it. I'd love to see your side of the story. Uh, because just like any other podcast out there, um, it's completely hundred percent opinion based. So I'm not going to sit here and say that, Hey, my list is, set in stone. This is the only list that is credible out there. No, it's, that's not the case. So, um, feel free to comment, give me your input, tell me what you have to say. And I look forward to debating that a little bit in the comment section. So, um, with that being said, we can get this started. Uh, top 10 sports personalities that I absolutely want to punch in the face. All right, guys, coming in at number 10. This guy works for ESPN. He is part of a three-man crew. Four-man crew? Three-man crew. Um, And spent this last year rolling around the sidelines on a giant crane on Monday Night Football. Um, Yours truly, Booger McFarlane, who comes in at number 10, Simply because if you if you listen to the broadcast on ESPN on Monday Night Football, if you actually took a listen to it and 
you heard the words that were coming out of his mouth. You would realize that every single thing that he says, he tries to be very in-depth. He tries to be very intelligent with the words that he's saying on the air. Um, but in reality, if you really listen, all Booger is doing is reiterating a lot of the same points that Witten and <clears throat> the other guy, I can't, I can't remember his name, that shows you how memorable the, the Monday Night Football crew was this past season, but um, he would just reiterate the same points that they would make. And it got so old after a while, and it, it led to not only did everybody hate his commentary, it got to the point where him rolling around on that giant freaking crane up and down the sideline, he had a giant ass monitor on there and he was blocking the view of all of the people who were sitting behind him. Um, so if you were a fan that had really good seats, say you got 50 yard line seats, you're super close to the field and it's Monday night football prime time. People are watching and you get down in your seat, game starts, kickoff guy runs back to the 45 and here comes Roland Booger McFarlane on a giant ass trolley with this huge ass computer screen trying to comment the game or commentate the game. Nothing would irritate me more as a fan. And this happened. It was pointed out off of Twitter in green Bay when they play the 49ers at home. And <laughs> I, I can see the picture in my head of these fans who got really good seats and probably season ticket holders. I can't confirm that, but I'm just going to assume for this exercise and be as dramatic as possible that they were season ticket holders and they rolled up in their seat. And all of a sudden Booger McFarland comes rolling on a trolley and you're sitting there. Like you, you could not see the game. You absolutely could not see the game. It was beyond ridiculous. He, <laughs> and he did that um, down in Atlanta too. Same deal where he rolled up and blocked everybody's view and people were all over Twitter, just super, super pissed off. And I would have been too, you know, if that was my seat and he rolled up, I would have been super pissed off. Like seriously, it's bad enough that this commentary crew is that bad. Like Jason Witten was a train wreck and I, I'm, I'm a little easier on him because it, he just, not everybody's going to be Tony Romo. Not everybody's going to go right from the field to the booth without any real experience and just be phenomenal. So he need he needs a little bit of time. Um, what he needed to do, if that was something that he was going to do broadcasting-wise for his career, was instead of getting out of retirement, I understand you want to go back and play football um, for the Cowboys, but instead of coming out of retirement and going and playing again, he should have taken a lesser job somewhere else, maybe a radio job. Uh, maybe he should have done a podcast, um, something along those lines where he got a little more comfortable behind the microphone and he was able to actually try to, <laughs> he was trying to relay information and it wasn't going quick enough in his mind. Whereas a Tony Romo, everything was boom, boom, boom because he's done that as a quarterback. He, he, see something it registers in his mind and it comes out through his lips and it makes sense. Um, but back to Booker McFarlane, he, there's a couple times when I'm watching Monday night football and this guy was 
he was just trying to too hard. He was trying too hard. And that was kind of my biggest takeaway was that the fact that Booger McFarlane was sitting up there in his comfy ass rolly thing and he was just reiterating everything that Jason Witten and other nameless guy were saying was he he to to the common fan he may have sounded intelligent to anybody who just kind of tuned in and wasn't really paying attention and then Booger comes on and it's that that random third voice that comes coming in at number nine number nine and you guys are going to see that i'm actually hesitating um up until about number five because i had a late add-in and i'll elaborate on that a little bit later um but i'll probably hesitate everyone because i have a number next to the wrong person up until about number five but uh number nine tony kornheiser another fantastic espn analyst who um Quite frankly, uh, I will admit when I was when I was younger, I used to watch Pardon the Interruption with my dad when it first came out on ESPN. Um, I used to come home from school. He used to be done at work. We used to sit in the living room and father, son, just kind of sit there and watch sports. And <clears throat> I used to think Tony Kornheiser was really funny um, working with Mike, Michael Wilbon. And I don't know if it's just general human nature for somebody to get crabby and to turn into just a bitter-ass old man. But that's exactly what happened to Tony Kornheiser. Otherwise, he would have never made this list. But the fact that he made this, or the reason that he made this list, is the fact that he has turned, the last couple of years, he has turned into such a bitter-ass old man, where every single thing, when it comes to, for, for example, we'll say the big thing was, <clears throat> he's a big baseball fan, he's a big uh, Nationals fan, um, a Washington guy, but uh, when it comes to baseball and the celebrations and the bat flips and things like that, that's something that Tony Kornheiser goes on the air and just has an absolute bird about because it's disrespecting the game. It's so bad for the game. Obviously, he's not as calm as I'm saying it right now when he's on the air. Um, but those are the type of things that he goes on and he just flips out about. Flips out. He has turned into such a bitter asshole man that I can't even, I can't watch. I don't watch a lot of ESPN now anyway, just because um, I feel it's got way too political. Um, and I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll debate Twitter or I'll debate on Twitter politics and things like that. And, um, but I like to keep my, my podcast clean of that because nobody really wants to listen to that. If you wanted to listen to a political podcast, um, there's a million of them out there. So I'm not going to litter my podcast with that kind of crap, but um, that's kind of the reason I don't listen to ESPN is because they've, they've gotten very far left and, and very, uh, I guess snowflakey is the word, but um, kind of turn me off as far as analysts and things like that. But it seems that the, it kind of epitomizes like Tony Kornheiser kind of epitomizes what ESPN has become. Just, it used to be fun. used to be exciting. Um, used to have broadcasters like, um, gosh, Dan Patrick, 
they used to have um obviously Stuart scott was one of the best um may he rest in peace he'd still be there today if uh, if he wasn't taken too soon but um i know a lot of it went back they they made a a deal they signed a contract with the nba being able to have their games and i think the reason that espn is so poor right now as far as quality of anchors quality of sports personalities uh it's just because they don't have the budget for it they made a stupid business move and overpaying for the nba and you know NBA is becoming more popular, so I mean that still remains to be seen. But this is just me saying, hey, you know that's kind of a stupid business move. I don't think it's smart on their end, but it's leading to them having terrible sports personalities and only being able to afford the ones that essentially aren't really that popular, aren't that good anymore. Um, a la Tony Kornheiser, which kind of comes full circle to my point. Uh, I don't think he should be on ESPN anymore. I think they need to find some new blood. I think Michael Wilbon is fine on the show. Michael Wilbon is, is perfectly fine on the show. He he has his moments where he's a bitter asshole man too. And it's kind of annoying. Um his big thing lately was the color rush uniforms with the NFL on Thursday nights. Um if it was up to Michael Wilbon, each team would wear a black uniform and a white uniform, and that would be it. There would be no flash or pizzazz to the uniforms at all. So that's um that's a different story. Uh, obviously this is not about Michael Wilbon, this is about Tony Kornheiser and that's really he only comes in at number nine because that's really my only argument for him is because he's just a bitter asshole dude and i can't listen to him anymore he brings you down when you want to listen to sports you know the youth of today don't want to turn on espn and listen to tony kornheiser because tony kornheiser reminds her of reminds them of the old guy across the street sits on his front porch and yells at them to get off their lawn so nobody really wants to listen to him anymore. Um, would be higher on the list if I had a lot more reasons. I'm sure if I really, really, really dove deep and listened to a lot of Tony Kornheiser video from PTI, I could probably find some stuff. But I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. He's so dry. I can't listen to him for that long. So uh, with that reason, Tony Kornheiser coming in solid at number nine. Coming in at number eight. Boston's finest, Bill Simmons. So Bill Simmons makes this list for a couple reasons. And the biggest reason that I have Bill Simmons on this list is because Bill Simmons is one of the most biased national media people that I've ever listened to. And that is combined with the fact that he has the squeaky voice of a prepubescent child in high school he's got this really it's not squeaky i'm being a little dramatic but he's he's got this really high-pitched voice that when you hear it over tv over the radio over his podcast it makes you cringe a little bit because you know you're listening to bill simmons and he's got the voice of somebody that you want to reach through the stereo and punch in the face that's how that's how that's how i feel about about Bill Simmons and his annoying voice. Um, and hey, there's a lot of people that might feel that way about my voice, and so be it. But at least I'm not sitting there on a national media outlet expressing how much I absolutely am in love with Boston and how I want to make babies with Tom Brady and Mark Wahlberg. You know, that's kind of the way that Bill Simmons rolls, I guess. But um, 
I will digress a little bit off that because his his work itself in journalism and how he how he works finding new material, finding things to report on is actually not that bad. It's really actually not that bad, but what I find to be super annoying is just him himself. Just like the public image and the public audio. I know your your parents your parents tell you not to judge a book by its cover. But damn it, I'm judging the hell out of Bill Simmons because he just annoys the living hell out of me. Um, nothing was as annoying as when Boston... I think he's a bigger Celtics fan than he is a Patriots. I don't even know if he's a Patriots fan. He probably is. Everybody from Boston there loves Boston teams across the board. But um, I nothing was as annoying when he was reporting on Twitter and going on these shows when the Celtics were good. Like when they had the two seed a couple years ago and they beat the Bucks in seven, that was a super, 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 super annoying time for me as a Bucks fan. And having to see him on Twitter, having to listen to him about, you know, Jason Tatum is the next big thing. Jason Tatum, this Jason Tatum, that, Oh, Jalen Brown. Oh my God. Terry Rozier, scary Terry all this crap during that seven game series. And then we lost to them and I couldn't even, I could not handle that. That really, really ruined my week. I'm not going to lie to you. It ruined the hell out of my week. But for whatever reason this year, when the Bucks play the Celtics again in the playoffs, met him in the second round for whatever reason, I was more annoyed with the fact that Bill Simmons came on there and was reasonable. I don't know why. I honestly don't know why, but I was just annoyed that Bill Simmons came on there and on Twitter saying, ah, well, you know, if they get their act together, you know, they really shouldn't even have made it this far when they're about to play the Bucks, And I'm sitting there thinking, I really wish you would talk your team up. I really wish, because you know, darn right. If Boston would have gone on to win that game, here comes Bill Simmons. Jason Tatum is the next big thing. Jalen Brown. Oh my gosh. Kyrie Irving. What an amazing deal by Danny Ainge getting Kyrie Irving. Nothing made me happier when that whole thing fell apart. Nothing made me smile more when I saw when when Kyrie was just basically self-imploding in that locker room. And then he left. And then Bill Simmons was crying. Not really, but, you know. Yeah, he may, maybe he was. I don't know. But Bill Simmons makes this list at number eight because I absolutely cannot stand his high-ass voice combined with the fact that basically any Boston sports fan who talks about their team really, really rubs me the wrong way. I cannot stand it. I don't know why that is. I really don't know why. It could be any number of things. Maybe it's because I'm jealous of their success. And that could be it. Or, no, that's probably just it. I'm pretty open about these things. You guys listen to my podcast enough, you'll you'll understand that I... That I'm usually pretty straightforward. So, um, But Bill Simmons coming in at number eight solidly 
annoyingly, but solidly. Coming in at number number seven, Colin Cowherd. Now, Colin Cowherd, I know a lot of people think that he should be a lot higher on this list. Um, so give me a chance to kind of explain myself. Colin Cowherd can be one of the most obnoxious, um, annoying, smug sports anchors. Um personalities he's not really even an anchor anymore um sports personalities and the only reason that i have him at number seven as compared to a little bit higher on the list is just because there are times i don't agree with him a lot anymore i think he spends most of his shows by ripping on three different players whether that's aaron Rodgers or lebron james or russell westbrook but aside from that, he does have some good points. He makes some decent points. He comes up with fun little top tens or comparison skits or things like that that keep the show interesting. Whether you like him or not, you still watch him to basically see what he has to say so you can rip on him some more. Um, but the reason he's on my top ten worst list is as a Packers fan, and I know there's a lot of Packers fans out there who feel this way. If or yeah, if LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and Aaron Rodgers were to retire tomorrow, Colin Cowherd would not have a show. He would not have a show. He has a love affair for LeBron, and he hates oh, and Tom Brady. He has a love affair for LeBron and Tom Brady, and he absolutely hates Aaron Rodgers, and he hates Russell Westbrook. As a Packers fan, I watch his shows basically. I used to watch him just to get some insight as far as sports, as far as see what the quote-unquote professionals have to say, even though now I just realize that they're just no different than you or I, that they're just basically sitting behind a desk and a microphone and spewing their opinions, which are no less correct than mine, which are no less correct than yours. But being that being that he constantly rips on Aaron Rodgers, it makes it difficult to listen to. It seems like any little thing that he does, it's how it will negatively affect him. But, however, if Aaron Rodgers all of a sudden goes on this MVP tear, then he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league all of a sudden. He's back on the bandwagon. So the thing with Colin Coward is he's just, he has a select couple guys that he chooses from. He has his likes, he has his dislikes. In fact, have you seen his... I'm going to see if I can actually go on to Twitter and look at some of Colin Cowherd's posts. And they're just, like, nauseating. They're nauseating. About Tom Brady. I'm just looking these up right now. Colin will go on. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. He had a couple of polls and he refers to him as my quarterback. My quarterback, like Tom Brady on vacation working on the sand. My quarterback is doing this. What's your quarterback doing? My quarterback's doing that. What's your quarterback doing? And it's like, seriously, just get off the guy's jock. 
we get it. You like the guy. You're a fan of Captain Chuckdown and his three-yard screen passes that go for 50 yards and he gets all the credit. We get it. You're a fan of the guy that relies on five-yard slants, four-yard outs, and Belichick's defense to win him championships. We, we understand, Colin, you like the guy that literally only put up 13 points and won a Super Bowl. So, without, without those guys, he doesn't have a show. And it's, it's so, so nauseating. And I can't even bear to listen to it. Um, I get updates on my, on my phone as far as, or on, on Facebook as far as things he says. But it's really only to just kind of look at him and roll your eyes and laugh. It's, it's comic relief more than anything. Now, I used to take him seriously, but now it's just comic relief. So coming in solidly at number seven, we have Colin Cowherd. Okay, guys, coming in at number six. Um, this is the whole reason that I had an actual readjustment on the top 10 list. Um, I was actually going over Twitter for a little bit, and I saw that Mike Florio was not on my top 10. So coming in at number six is Mike Florio. The reason why I have him at number six is because as a Green Bay Packers fan, as a Green Bay Packers fan, this guy is absolutely trash. He is absolutely shit. Um, he has admitted to being a Minnesota Viking fan and it shows and mirrors pretty, pretty transparently that he is a Minnesota Vikings fan that takes any opportunity he can to trash on Aaron Rodgers, to trash on the VMA Packers. Half of his articles on pro football talk are of him trashing on Aaron Rodgers. And it's more humorous, just like the Colin Cowherd thing. It's more humorous than anything. Um, but the funny thing is that he hides behind the pro football talk name. He sits on, he sits on pro football talk on Twitter, hides behind it. And we all know that he's, he's Mike Florio. We all know who he is. We all know what he's about, but to any unsuspecting people on Twitter, he is just pro football talking, trying to put out stats and trying to put out our, uh, articles and things of that nature. And the funny thing is that it's absolute trash. It's absolute trash. He takes any opportunity he can to twist and turn any article towards Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Baggers or against it. Excuse me. He, t- he tries to twist and turn any article against Green Bay Packers against Aaron Rodgers. And it's once you really actually take a listen to it, it's pretty transparent. It's fairly obvious. And the fact that he hides behind the pro football talk name is very, very, very weak. Put your name out there, Florio. We know you're a part of pro football talk, but put your name on shit. And stop writing about the Packers every other chance that you get. Like, write about another team. Write about the Vikings. I know you're a Vikings fan. Write about them. So Florio at six makes the list just out of nowhere because he's uh, – I saw him off Twitter, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's got to be in there. So Florio at six for being a very, very biased Vikings fan and a very, very transparent Packers hater. Number five, so we're cracking into the 
top five here um, in the most annoying worst or most annoying slash worst slash most obnoxious um, sports analyst list. And number five coming in is Jason Whitlock. And this one really became super relevant lately because um, there was a video that came out with LeBron James that he was at his son Bronny's um, his AAU game. There's AAU tournament. He got super hyped. There's a play. It wasn't even by Bronny. It was some one of his teammates, but he got super hyped about it, went on the court, and lost his shoe, came back out. And a lot of people were freaking out about that, saying, hey, you know, you're getting too hyped about it. You know, you're making it about yourself. There was also a video. I didn't see the actual video of him doing dunks in the layup line, but there's a video of him doing dunks in the layup line and being a part of his his son's team. Um, And Whitlock took it upon himself to sit there and say things such as, he believes that um, I don't have the actual quote here, but he believes basically that LeBron James is a terrible father, that what he was doing is all about himself. And I know a lot of people have retaliated because of what he said. And I'm on those everybody else's side. You know, he's, I, I, I personally don't think that LeBron James is a terrible father. He gets hyped about stuff. And, I can totally understand that, but Whitlock going on the air publicly and saying that, Hey, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Um, LeBron James is a terrible father that he is making all about himself. That's completely ridiculous. I truly believe that LeBron James going on the court. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, you don't go on the court, you know, you just kind of, you're there. You're you can get hyped, you can get excited, you can cheer and all that stuff. Maybe don't go on the court. I have no problem with him doing the layup line thing because as a kid you're sitting there, you know, say I'm on that team. As a, as 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 a fourteen year old kid and LeBron James joins the layup line. Man, that's something I'm telling people forever. And yeah, you know, LeBron James at my AAU tournament, I was good enough to be on his son Browning's team and his his dad came and he did. He came out and he did a bunch of dunks. He did a bunch of things um, athletically that were just insane. The LeBron James things. And me personally, I'm not a LeBron James hater. I don't like some of his antics. But I don't like. The only thing I don't like about LeBron James is. The way that he he gloats and things of that nature, and some of the things that he says in the media when he's compared to Michael Jordan. Um, but as far as his play goes and his work ethic, I have nothing but complete respect for that because he is one of the best players in the league, and he is one of this generation's most influential people. You know, sports aside, he's one of the best. He's one of the most influential people in the world. He started a school. He has scholarship programs. He is somebody that takes it upon himself to better humanity and to better the world. So I have nothing against LeBron James, but Jason Whitlock, that was kind of the one thing that really stood out. Um, Amongst other things, he sits there on, um, 
what 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 show is that on FS1? First, not first things first, not first take. That's ESPN. Um, he sits there on that stupid show with his stupid hat on, and makes ridiculous points about God knows what. Um, he's he just likes to hear himself talk. That's what I kind of gather from Jason Woodlock. He sits there and he likes to hear himself talk. Half the time he's on the same page as Colin Cowherd. Half the time he's on the same page as Chris Carter, as these other FS1 analysts go. But every once in a while, just like this LeBron thing, he'll come on there and he'll say something absolutely ridiculous. Like LeBron is a terrible parent. He's not a terrible parent. He's there supporting his kid. Don't go on the court. But if somebody were to ask me, like, do you think LeBron is a bad parent? Do you think he's trying to make it all about himself? No, absolutely not. He's he's a fantastic parent. He's at all because he, he's an NBA player who has a lot on his plate, who is shooting a movie, who is living in LA. There's a lot of things going on, and he's there at his son's AU game. He is a fantastic parent. So Jason Whitlock, you come in solid at number five because you try to make these ridiculous points about people's personal lives. Like leave their personal lives out of it. It's one thing if you talk about sports, if you talk about things like that, but if you're gonna sit there and talk about people's personal lives, then you just need to absolutely shut your mouth. You have no place doing that kind of stuff. So Jason Whitlock, you are solid at number five. Coming in at number four. Jalen Rose, and Jalen Rose being on this list is the product of him playing the race card every single chance that he gets. He plays that race card every single chance that he gets. Um, the biggest example of that was the draft, NBA draft a couple years ago. Jalen Rose did a player likeness or player comparison segment where if there's a white player that came up, they were compared to a white player. There's a black player that came up, they were compared to a black player. Even if the comparisons were not even close, even if they were not really even relevant to that player's to the that player's style of play. Jalen Rose would not compare a white player to a black player or a black player to a white player that was already in the league. And that was the one thing that really jumped out at me initially as far as, hey, this guy's really not really that good at his job. He is very race-oriented. And, you know, like I mentioned before, I don't like to get really political on these podcasts. I like to just kind of keep things pretty simple, um, stick to sports as much as I can. But for guys like Jalen Rose that like to play the whole race card, that play the whole political card, any single chance that they get, I don't have any kind of patience for those kind of people. You know, I don't think there's a room for racism in, in the society, in this world or anything like that, but I don't think that every little thing is a racist thing. I don't think that every single comment that a player makes or every single segment by a white person is a, is a knock on a black person. You know, that's, kind of my view on things in, in my opinion sports are sports I love players you know if you play for my t- team and you're really good and I see that you're a good person outside of the sport then hell yeah I have, I have absolute respect for you 
if you're the same race as me and you're an absolute terrible person, I'm not going to sit there and say that you're not a terrible person. I'll completely agree. You're an awful human being. I really don't see race. And the fact that he tries to play the race card so bad, I think it kind of backfires on the whole um, black people taking offense to white people in regards to um, looking for every little thing and to the point where Jalen Rose is making these segments where he's comparing only black people to black people, only white people to white people. Well, if you don't want to have division and you don't want to have segmentation among society, then start with yourself and don't divide and don't create segments. Is very hypocritical. He's not good at his job. I've listened to him do uh, the Jalen Jacoby podcast. I listened to him to do many segments on ESPN, and he is not good at his job. And if he were to be relieved of his duties at ESPN, if he were to go elsewhere, I would not even bat an eye. Wouldn't even realize he was gone. Jalen Rose, you are solid at number four. Coming in at number four, Jalen Rose. And Jalen Rose being on this list is the product of him playing the race card every single chance that he gets. He plays that race card every single chance that he gets. Um, the biggest example of that was the draft, NBA draft a couple years ago. Jalen Rose did a player likeness or player comparison segment where... If there's a white player that came up, they're compared to a white player. If there's a black player that came up, they were compared to a black player. Even if the comparisons were not even close, even if they were not really even relevant to that player's to the that player's style of play, Jalen Rose would not compare a white player to a black player or a black player to a white player that was already in the league. And that was the one thing that really jumped out at me initially as far as, hey, this guy's really not really that good at his job. He is very race-oriented. And, you know, like I mentioned before, I don't like to get really political on these podcasts. I like to just kind of keep things pretty simple, um, stick to sports as much as I can. But for guys like Jalen Rose that like to play the whole race card, that play the whole political card any single chance that they get. I don't have any kind of patience for those kind of people. You know, I don't think there's a room for racism in, in the society, in this world or anything like that. But I don't think that every little thing is a racist thing. I don't think that every single comment that a player makes or every single segment by a white person is a, is a knock on a black person. You know, that's, kind of my view on things in in my opinion sports are sports i love players you know if you play for my team and you're really good and i see that you're a good person outside of the sport then hell yeah i have have absolute respect for you if you're the same race as me and you're an absolute terrible person i'm not gonna sit there and say that you're not a terrible person i'll completely agree you're an awful human being I really don't see race. And the fact that he tries to play the race card so bad, I think it kind of backfires on the whole 
um, black people taking offense to white people in regards to um, looking for every little thing and to the point where Jalen Rose is making these segments where he's comparing only black people to black people, only white people to white people. Well, if you don't want to have division and you don't want to have segmentation among society, then start with yourself and don't divide and don't create segments. That's very hypocritical. He's not good at his job. I've listened to him do uh, the Jalen Jacoby podcast. I listened to him to do many segments on ESPN and he is not good at his job. And if he were to be relieved of his duties at ESPN. If you were to go elsewhere, I would not even, Bat and I wouldn't even realize he was gone. Jalen Rose, you are solid at number four. All right. So number three, and I know that I know that I mentioned I don't do politics or anything like that on my podcast. I know that I mentioned that I try to steer away from that. I, I, I do it on Twitter, but I try to steer away from that on on the podcast, but number four or number three, excuse me, number three, I'll keep it simple. I'll keep it sweet. That number three, I am putting Jamel Hill and I'll backtrack and say that when she was on ESPN, um, she did, I believe it was like a five o'clock segment with, um, Michael wasn't Michael Smith, but she did a segment at five o'clock. Basically, <clears throat> basically the segment that people tune into when they get done with work. So it was a very popular, popular time to be tuning into any kind of sports, any kind of anything really at that time. News, you name it. So they put her in that spot, and from the from the second that she got on there, I didn't think she was good at all. She's not good at her job. She was very biased. She, like I mentioned before, Jalen Rose, Jamel Hill was similar in the fact that she was very, very, very race-oriented. Now, the reason that I put her in this top list is because she still considers herself a sports analyst, but she's very political. She brings so much politics into into her work, into her segments and podcasts and things of that nature that are supposed to be sports. And I, I found it extremely hilarious when ESPN decided they, they were going to put her on leave and rightfully so, because she was out, she was out of line. There's one thing to talk about politics is one thing to talk about feminism and things of that nature, but to go on the air and to brutally attack other people um, verbally is absolutely, there's no place for that. So unless you're doing a top 10 list like myself, but um, if you're going to sit there as a renowned analyst and somebody that considers themselves a complete professional, then I don't believe that you should be targeting the race card every single chance that you get. Try, she's she's twice as bad, and that's the reason why she's ahead of Jalen Rose. She's twice as bad because she targets the race card and she targets the feminism card, feminist card. And it's just unwatchable. You, you you cannot enjoy any program that she's on unless you are in the same political group, unless you are a female, unless you have the exact same views as her. 
So that's the reason why she comes in at number three so high on this list, because she brings too much politics into her sports journalism and her sports articles. Yeah, I, I go after her on Twitter. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people should, because she half the time she's on a line. You know, every once in a while she'll bring something about her family and about her personal life. And I stay away from that stuff. I never comment on somebody's family or personal life stuff on Twitter. But when she starts talking about politics and feminism and things like that, then it's fair game. And I just absolutely unload on her. So I know that you'll notice that on Twitter if you do give me a follow. But it's the reason that she comes in at number three is because she is so involved in of everything outside of sports that it really, really dilutes anything. I mean, she wasn't really good at it in the first place, but it really dilutes any work within sports that she does in the, anyway. All right, so number two, uh, and I know a lot of people thought this guy was probably going to be number one, but number two, Skip Bayless, and a lot of his work kind of goes, kind of goes unspoken. A lot of his work is pretty self-explanatory. He's somebody that basically has made a career on absolutely ridiculous takes. I'm going to list a couple examples, only because people who, if they do listen to this podcast, and they don't really know his agenda, um, I'm going to kind of fill you in a little bit. So number one, one of the big reasons why Skip Bayless is number two is... Every single day, if you watch Undisputed, if you watch First Take on ESPN when he was there with uh, Stephen A. Smith, if you watch Undisputed with Shannon Sharp, you will see that Skip Bayless, every single episode, especially during football season, it's given it, it's give and take here in the offseason, but during football season, you might as well rename the show Cowboys Daily because every single day, he is coming on to Undisputed in the first segment. And if it's not the first, it's the very next segment. Something about the Dallas Cowboys. Something about the Dallas Cowboys every single day. And I stopped watching consistently a couple years ago. And I really only follow on Facebook because you get the like six, seven minute um, clips of the main topics of the day. Or the main points of the day. And that's really all I need. But if you were actually to sit there and watch every single day, you would learn so much about the Dallas Cowboys that it would make you want to vomit. Every single day. And especially when there's something going on, such as now with the whole Zeke holdout, or the contract disputes with the other two guys too, with Mark Cooper and Dak Prescott, that... Every single day, there's something to talk about. And the worst part about that is every single day, because there's something to talk about, Skip Bayless has something to rant about for 30 to 40 minutes every time that Undisputed starts on FS1. So that's that's my first point, and that's my first issue with him. My second issue with him is, I guess it's more of a 1A versus a 2, but... He's similar to Colin Cowherd in the every chance that he gets to rip on Aaron Rodgers. He rips on Aaron Rodgers. He is absolutely in love. I don't know if it's it might be an FS1 thing. Absolutely in love with Aaron Rodgers. Or absolutely in love with Tom Brady. 
And I don't know if it comes with the territory that because you're in love with Tom Brady, you have to absolutely hate Aaron Rodgers. But he rips on every chance to get, or every chance that he gets. And the funny thing is that he rips on him. But every single time that Aaron Rodgers has met the Cowboys in the playoffs, he's ripped their hearts out. And maybe that's why. That could be why. But it seems that every single chance that Skip Bayless gets, he's ripping on Aaron Rodgers. He is trying to tear into his character. And the one thing that I absolutely hate, and if you haven't caught caught that vibe already, is that <clears throat> when you start to dive into a person's to a player's personal life, that is when I start to lose respect for you as an analyst, as a sports personality. Their personal life is none of your business. So it was an absolute field day for Skip Bayless when Aaron Rodgers had that whole thing going on with his brother on The Bachelor. I don't know if it was a bachelor or bachelorette, either way. Might have been the bachelorette. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, I don't watch those shows. But when he started to make comments about Aaron and that he doesn't talk to his family and those sort of things, Skip Bayless had an absolute field day, and it was the most annoying thing for how many weeks. And he still brings it up to this day. That Aaron Rodgers is basically a terrible person. He doesn't keep up with his family. He just lives by the words of uh, Greg Jennings and Michael Finley that Aaron Rodgers is a terrible, terrible teammate, even though those are the only two people that have come out and said that he is a terrible teammate. He is. He has made a... Skip Ellis has made a living off of making absolutely ridiculous, stupid points. Having no... Maybe one streamline of facts. Like with the NFL, he he sticks with the QBR. That's his only streamline of facts that can back anything up. Other than that, he makes ridiculous points based off of complete bias. And it's one thing to be a local local personality and to talk about your team. That's another thing to be a national personality and to have ridiculous bias towards another fan base, towards another player on another team. And <clears throat> that's why a lot of these people on these lists, Skip Bayless, Mike Florio, Bill Simmons, that's why these guys are on this list, because when you are a national personality, you need to suppress. You need to suppress those biases. And if you can't do that, then you don't belong in the national the national scene and Skip Bayless is kind of the poster child for being an absolute biased personality on the air. So Skip Bayless, number two, very fitting. I know a lot of people thought he was going to be number one, but uh, number one, I have pretty good, pretty good uh, reasons for having my number one. All right, guys, number one, the, moment you've all been waiting for, or maybe you've tuned out already, but, uh, you know, the choice is yours. You can listen to it if you want. Yeah, if you stick with it, good for you. I appreciate that. If not, then so be it. But, um, number one is Mr. Ryan Hollins. And I have taken very much exception to him recently 
uh, mostly during the NBA playoffs when he was making ridiculous statement, statements such as uh, the fact that on ESPN when they asked who was going to come out of the East, that they asked if the Bucks were going to come out of the East because they had been the one seed. Ryan Hollins goes on to emphatically claim that, are you kidding me? The Bucks aren't going to make it out of the second round because they have to meet the Celtics. Fast forward a couple weeks later, the Bucks meet the Celtics in the second round, beat them 4-1, to one, absolutely beat them down. Then he goes on to say that Giannis doesn't deserve to be MVP. James Harden deserves to be MVP. And I wish I would have had the podcast when I was when that debate was going on because if you are looking for most valuable player, most valuable to their team, not best offensive player, that's not the award. Best offensive player is not the award. Most valuable player, most valuable to their team and to their team's success. The Bucks were one in the East. They had the best record in the lead league. Giannis was not only up for MVP, he was up for defensive player of the year. So he plays both sides of the ball. He's a facilitator when he gets the ball in the middle. He's able to make those passes. Not as well as LeBron James makes the passes. But he's able to make those passes in the middle and get themselves get himself out of trouble, get his team out of trouble, and kick it to an open shooter. Whereas James Harden, yeah, there's some stats out there that say he's okay defensively, but he is not the player that Giannis is defensively. He did not have the impact that Giannis had as far as making his team better and escalating them to a one seed or even a two seed for that matter. You know, so that was another ridiculous point. He, and the fact that he was just emphatic about it. I can't take anything that he says seriously on the air because every time that he has his, I call it his thinking face, anytime that he has his thinking face on or his discouraged, disgruntled face about a point that some other anchor or some other sports personality makes towards him, he literally looks like he's trying to take a shit. I don't know if I just hate his face. I don't know if I hate his words. I hate his voice. I hate everything about the guy. Um, not personal life because I don't do that. But I don't know if professionally I hate everything about the guy. He was an absolutely awful NBA player. I have this theory that he t- attacks Giannis because there is a clip out there that uh, when Giannis was a little bit younger, Hollins went in for a dunk when he was playing for the Memphis Grizzlies and Giannis absolutely rejected his ass. It is the most hilarious thing ever. And I feel like he has taken some sort of grudge towards Giannis. But um, some other points that he's made uh, besides that were he went on the air a couple weeks ago and uh, he, they were talking about... Kobe and Michael and LeBron and he was on basically on team LeBron but they had Shaq on the broadcast too and he was trying to make the points about LeBron being better than Kobe and LeBron being better than Jordan and about winning and that winning wasn't as important and it got to the point that he was making such ridiculous statements that Shaq literally and I love Shaq if I had a top 10 best, I might do that someday, but a top 10 best sports personality, Shaq would definitely be on there. But Shaq literally reached over to his coffee mug and checked to see what he was drinking. Obviously, it was a joke, but you get the point. 
that is like you made such a ridiculous statement saying that LeBron is better than Kobe and Michael. Two people that won five titles and six titles, respectively. That LeBron is a better player than them. Absolutely ridiculous. And I'm, I'm totally on Shaq's side. That's a debate for another day, but I don't think that LeBron is as accomplished as those two. He, he's factually not. But my opinion, <clears throat> LeBron is the most physically gifted specimen out there. It has been for quite some time, but he's he's not accomplished. He doesn't have the mindset like Kobe and Michael to go and win that championship. Um, but that was just a ridiculous statement that he made. And the, <laughs> the fact that I, I think he had Shaq actually asked to walk off the set too. Like a lot of the points that he was making, Shaq actually had to stop, say like, is it okay for me to walk off the set? And obviously they, they weren't able to do that. But um, so Ryan Hollins, number one, and he is similar to Skip Bayless in that he makes absolutely ridiculous, stupid points just for attention and just for ratings. And I don't see that stopping because he keeps, he's been doing it all summer. He's going to keep doing it. He's going to make a career out of being a total ass um, making a total ass of himself. So congratulations, Ryan Hollins. You are number one on the top 10 worst, most annoying, most obnoxious personality, sports personalities list. <laughs>